Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani. And I'm Chuck Mendenhall. And I'm Pete Carroll, and together we are Three Pack. Join us on the brand new Spotify Live app immediately after all of the biggest fights in combat sports. And also during the weigh-ins, because that's when the real drama happens. So what are you waiting for? Follow the Ring MMA show right now on our exclusive Spotify podcast feed. And come join the best community in MMA. Peace! We're out of here. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Brian Dable, probably reason number one for Daniel Jones' renaissance. But I'm going to take a 1% sliver of credit because his career year happens to come on the year where he debuts on New York, New York. So I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, good vibes all around. Hello and welcome to the island on the Fringer NFL Show feed. I'm Nora Princiati and I am joined for the second time this season by the one and only, the legend, John J.J. Yastrzemski. How's it going, buddy? So great to have you here. Uh, Nora, my pleasure. I- I'm happy to be on the show. Uh, I'm happy to come and add whatever I bring to the table and I guess that means things are going well in New York football land where the folks over at the island and the Ringer NFL feed, they actually need me these days. Unlike last year when basically the only questions you'd be asking me were, uh, who are the Jets and Giants going to take in a draft? This year has been a lot more fun, Nora. <laughs> we, can, we can kind of measure the state of professional football in, in New York by your appearances either on this feed versus the draft feed. And hey, we got a little Jets earlier this year on the island. And now we're going to talk about the Giants, I think. So... Without further ado, we're here on the island, which means that there's a take. Lay it on me. What you got for us today, JJ? All right. Uh, And maybe I'm partial. Maybe it's because I've spent a lot of time with him, Nora, because he comes on my New York, New York show once a week. And this is the first year we've had this Daniel Jones, John Zestremski partnership. But I'm saying it. Daniel Jones in 2022 has played like a top 10 quarterback. That's it. Drop the mic. Case closed. Look at the guys he's throwing the football to. That is a bottom five group of playmakers in the NFL. There's no other way around it. I know Isaiah Hodgins is a nice story. Richie James, <laughs> the, the ghost of Kenny Galladay, Daniel Bellinger. Like, you think about what Daniel Jones has been able to do with those dudes. You think about the fact that he's taken a team to the playoffs. He's won a playoff game. He's cleaned up a lot of the bugaboos that were a part of his game, whether it's the fumbles, the turnovers, you name it. And, and Nora, you know this. 
The advanced stats back me up on this. He's played like a top 10 quarterback this year. I'm in. Think of the island like a record, spinning on a turntable. Only now, that record is skipping. You're in. You're all in. Okay. So uh, the thing that we'll have to get to is if this is true, if Daniel Jones has played like a top 10 quarterback, if all of these things hold up, what does it mean for the future of the Giants? But let's just let's just bask in the glory of of this this season so far, because what is undeniable is that we've gone from the start of the season where, you know, the Giants decline his fifth year option, which at, at, at the time and maybe even still like in terms of process makes all the sense in the world. But since then, first of all, he stayed healthy. Can't forget about that. Second of all, he has really eliminated the turnover problem, which was the biggest negative in his game up to this season. He uh, had a career-high 472 pass attempts this year, career-low five interceptions. I didn't realize this until this morning when I was looking stuff up. He leads the league. He has the best interception percentage, uh, as in the lowest, in the entire league. Daniel Jones, who would have thought? 1.1% of dropbacks. He's throwing picks. It's kind of unbelievable. Then we talk about how much more they've used him, uh, used his legs, used him on the ground, which was such a huge part of that win against Minnesota. He's developed in this way under Brian Dable. And then they have this really this overperforming season. And then he goes out and win, wins a playoff game. What to you has been the most impressive part of all of that? When you look at, at you know, you mentioned the, the supporting cast, but when you look at the season as a whole, what stands out to you is like, whoa, I didn't know Daniel Jones had this in him. Okay, um, for me, it's the athleticism and taking it to the next level. He always showed glimpses of it, Nora, but the previous coaching regimes, the Joe Judge, Jason Garrett, Pat Shermer, they did not get this out of him where they're making it kind of the, the calling card of what he brings to the table at quarterback, where it's like, wow, he's not just kind of athletic. He's a guy that can go and have nine carries for 70 yards and 75 yards like he did against the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday. That, to me, has surprised me. The other thing I'm super impressed by, and this is more a narrative of being in New York and just knowing how the market is and how the city is. Totally. Nora, you don't overcome starts historically like the one Daniel Jones got off to. You just don't. Like, you're cast aside. You're thrown at the wolves. People are ready to move on. And look, I I think the Giants, truth be told, when they didn't pick up that fifth-year option, this was basically a one-year audition to see, okay, do we have our quarterback or not? And when they didn't pick up that option, their initial thought process probably was, Nora, I don't think we have our quarterback. But you know what? For one more year, let's see what he can do. Let's give this a shot. Daniel Jones had everything to play for this year. He has maximized everything he can do with this team around him. And that, to me, is super impressive. It shows me a sort of intestinal fortitude that you have to have if you're going to play in New York. I'm sorry. (laughs) New York is not for everybody. Not every player in the NFL, not every player in baseball and basketball and hockey is wired to play in this town. That's just, no, that's all there is to it. Like, playing in New York is very, very different than playing in, I don't know, Carolina. No no offense, folks, in Carolina. You have maybe one reporter standing, greet you after the game. Like, it's just a, it, it's different. It, it's way more intense. Right. It's way more scrutinized. And to see him handle all of that and shine and rise above it, that to me is kind of the thing that stands out more than anything. 
you've I mean, you've been talking to this guy week in and week out as as all this stuff is happening. I I don't know him uh really at all. My defining memory of of seeing Daniel Jones just as a guy, not as somebody making plays on a field, was it must have been his rookie year. There was just one game, maybe it was even preseason. Uh, he played in Foxborough. And I don't even remember. I, I think it was preseason now that I think harder about it. But I just remember seeing him come into the tunnel under Gillette Stadium. And I'm sure I've told this story before. But you see, like, even if it was, which I'm pretty sure it was, a preseason game, Tom Brady's still wearing, you know, he's decked out in Tom Ford and everybody knows they're on camera and, you know, the degrees of flashiness may vary, but everybody's, everybody knows that there are, there's a lot of cameras and a lot of photographs being taken. Daniel Jones <laughs> strolls into the tunnel wearing a North Face fleece and a Jansport backpack. Like the uniform of just every, you know, uh, High schoolers across America, right? And it's so chill and it's so, uh, there's absolutely no pretense. There's no, I just thought it was kind of cool because I just went like, you know what? That's a guy who's just only really thinking about the thing. And at that point, it wasn't going super well, right? But uh, that to me is like the only sort of anecdotal evidence I have of what his demeanor is like. It it seems like when you watch him in press conferences and, and hear what he says, he is kind of that down to earth, doesn't always say that much, but just like chill guy. What is your sense of that and how it's been applied, how that attitude has been applied to just going through this season and facing some of that uh, sense of the team might be ready to move on, but then dealing with it as as he has this year? Um, I think you described him pretty well. He is super down to earth. He is a very pleasant guy. Like, whether the Giants win, whether the Giants lose, he kind of deals with me the same way, which I super respect and answers all my questions. And listen, sometimes doesn't give me the answers that I'm looking for, but I know that's part of playing the game. <laughs> that's the way it works if you're an NFL quarterback. I get sure. that. I understand that. Um, but he's not fake. You know what it is, Nora? Like, he, you described them, the North Face and the Jansport. Like, I think he is, like, a very chill, down-to-earth kind of dude. You know, I think after a game, he sits back, has a couple beers, has a few laughs. He's not going to be a rah-rah guy. And that's fine. I think he's very true to himself. And I think it's the sort of element that if you bring that to a huddle, guys, they they know what you're about. Like, I, I think he would be the sort of guy where if he was, like, all rah-rah, people be like, eh, dude, that ain't you. You know what I mean? Like, I, right. he, and I do believe this, Nora. He's got a lot of Eli in him. And maybe it's because <laughs> he spent a year with Eli Manning. I, I, I don't know, whatever the case may be. But like his mannerisms, the way he deals with the media, just that like all shucks type of demeanor. He's got a lot of Eli Manning in him. Now we'll see if he has the post-playing career that Eli Manning has had where you find out Eli Manning is hilarious and has this like, great, witty sense of humor. And I, I sense a little of that from DJ, but like very, very similar personalities. Like not going to give the media a ton, going to be very like cool, very like calm, cool, collective Go about type it deal. the right way. But yeah. that's, that's their vibe. They're not going to fake it. 
We got to find out if he's into pranks. Because that was always the Eli Manning thing, right? Is that yeah, like he I'll wouldn't give that much that in front of today. cameras. My, but... my, sense would, my sense would be, Nora, he's not. That might be where they <laughs> differentiate. But hey, you never know. Oh, gosh. I, 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 I think you're probably onto something there, but I hope you're not. Just for the sake of, can you imagine if, if we're about to find out that Daniel Jones is like, Putting packing peanuts in people's cars or something like that. Hey, might he have, might have 30 years of pranks from the giant quarterbacks at this rate, you know? <laughs> Never know. All right. So so let's talk about the future here. He's had this unbelievable season. Uh, they've won a playoff game. They didn't pick up the fifth-year option. So uh, where do you think the Giants go as far as getting a new deal with Daniel Jones from here, franchise tag, Based on how he's performed this year, what would you like to see them do going forward at the quarterback position? I think it's pretty simple. Daniel Jones is a giant quarterback. That's all there is to it. And I understand that it's going to end up costing them a lot more than maybe they initially thought at the beginning of this year, at the middle of this year, or even two or three weeks ago. But (laughs) it's pretty simple. He's their quarterback. He vibes with the head coach. He's done a wonderful job. And I think now, Nora, you want to see what he can do with more talent around him. I think that's going to be my great question whenever this giant season comes to a close because they're playing with house money. They, they already have had a marvelous season. They had a marvelous season if they lost to the Minnesota Vikings. Now they beat Minnesota yep. and they want a playoff game. Whatever happens in Philadelphia is gravy. Who knows? Maybe they even go to Philadelphia and shock the world. But anyway, Daniel Jones is the quarterback. I don't know if it's on the franchise tag. I don't know if it's a long-term deal. The owner does not want to lose him. You could tell last year, John Mara, in talking to the media, made it clear, hey, we failed Daniel Jones. I think he sees that. I think he now sees what this quarterback has become. And I think Joe Shane and Brian Dable want him here. So I think it's pretty simple. How they get there might be a little bit more complicated, but let's put it this way, Nora. I don't see this being a situation in which the giant fan is sweating out whether or not Daniel Jones is back. I know it's a business. I I understand all of that. The Giants are going to take care of Daniel Jones. That's my take. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Because you are a fighter, and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodello.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Ringer NFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash Ringer NFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Okay. All right. I I think that certainly feels like the direction things are headed, right? I'm going to throw a couple numbers at you because I do think it's a little bit complicated just because the middle-class quarterback contract does not really exist, right? Where This is a league where you've got nine quarterbacks on contracts averaging $40 million or more annually. That's Rodgers, Wilson, Kyler, Deshaun Watson, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Derek Carr, Dak Prescott, Matt Stafford. Then you got four more, Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, and Matt Ryan between 30 and 40 million a year. Then the only, and this could change by the time uh, we get to next season, but the only semblance of a real quarterback middle class right now is two guys, and it's Tom Brady and Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill, I knew you were going to go there. I knew you were going to go there. So there's two names that are where we're really going to go there, but Brady and Tannehill are both between 25 and 30 million. Then it drops down to Jameis, who is $14 million a year plus incentives and, and keeps going down from there. So that 25 to 30-ish area is really... History tells, it is, tells us that it is hard to get a, a quarterback deal done there based on where everybody's shaking out right now. Now, I said that Tannehill was, was one of the names that we were going to have to talk about. Tannehill's deal was for four years and $118 million. The other name that we should talk about is Blake Bortles. Oh, boy. Who is a quarterback somewhat like Daniel Jones. Different, but somewhat like Daniel Jones, where you have a highly drafted guy who, for a few years, does not play up to his draft status. And then there's one year where all of a sudden the team is, is far more succam- successful than they had been, gets to the playoffs, wins a playoff game, wins a couple in Jags, Jags example. After that 2017 year, they did a two-year extension with Bortles. The difference was they picked up the fifth-year option. So the fifth-year option was $19 million, and then they added a two-year extension on top of that at $17 million a year, which wound up at $54 million over three years for Bortles, or around $18 million a year. If you account for the salary cap inflation, the equivalent deal right now would be around $23 million a year. Um, so $69 million-ish would be the equivalent deal for Daniel Jones. That said, one, I think Jones in and of himself, like what he has contributed to the offense has been more impressive than what Bortles contributed to that offense that year. And he's going to be a free agent. So let's say that three years 70 would be like the absolute low point. If they could get that deal done, do it in a heartbeat. I don't think they could. 
The franchise tag is... I think I'm going to have to pay more than that. I agree with you. I think I'm going to have to pay more than that. Because the franchise tag, and, you know, obviously that's, that's one year, but that's $32 million. So if we went up to three years, a hundred, still feeling good? I, I think you have to do that if you're the Giants. I, I ask you this, Nora, what's your alternative? Yeah, no, if, it's You so- know what I'm saying? Like, look at, the, look at some of the awful starting quarterbacks there are in the NFL and think about some of the guys who are going to get opportunities. Like, I'll give you a name. And he played well for the Rams. I don't want to totally destroy him. Baker Mayfield, like uh, you live in a world where Baker Mayfield comes in as your quarterback. So like if, if you're the Giants, Daniel Jones bet on himself. You're probably going to have to pay him a little bit more. You're not going to love it from a salary cap standpoint. But to me, Nora, he's earned that. I think the Giants want to move forward. And I think the other thing that helps you, I don't think Daniel Jones wants to go anywhere. I could be wrong. I, I, maybe I'm misreading this. Sure. I know the NFL is a business. So money talks. I get that. But I think he's very comfortable with the coach. I think he's very comfortable in the system. Remember, this is a guy who's had a bunch of different coordinators. He's had a bunch of different coaches. I, I think him having some stability, I think, matters to him. Playing on a winner. Right now, the Giants are a winner. I think it matters to him. So it might get a little messy. But I do think at the end of the day, even if it's beyond that Ryan Tannehill contract, I think Daniel Jones will end up with the Giants. Like, I'm very, very confident in saying that. I think I would be willing to go to something like three years, 100. For what it's worth, I'd probably rather do two years at... More money. I, I, always, more money. I always like two years more money. Always. Kick the can yeah. down the road, you know? You asked what the alternative is. And I agree with you that it's it's often... The grass is greener. Grass is always greener approach ends in tears for NFL franchises. We see this all the time. That said, this is an interesting year, right? Because what I don't think the Giants should do, and I think Daniel Jones has been really, really impressive, but what I don't want to see the Giants do is close themselves off to thinking about things like, what if Lamar Jackson really wants out of Baltimore? I mean, we've seen what what Daniel Jones's legs have been able to do in this offense. Can you imagine Brian Dable and Lamar Jackson? I don't think someone like a Derek Carr or a Jimmy Garoppolo is particularly compelling given where they are. I would I would stick with Daniel Jones in that case. But you don't want to close yourself off from attacking the spots where you can get a difference maker at quarterback because as good as Daniel Jones has been, I struggle with the idea that he is a quarterback who, even based on this season, his best season by far in the NFL, that he's a guy who is going to be, you know, a difference maker and an elevator of the players around him. Now, based on this year, what I would do is try to do that two, three-year short-term deal. The franchise tag is there, but you'd probably rather use that on on. Saquon, maybe? And if you can do Especially a, a, with his position, with the nature right, of his position, totally. no doubt. No doubt. Cheap, easy, low commitment, great. Then what I want to see them do is improve particularly the receiver talent around him. One, because it's a weak spot on the roster. Um, you know, no, no shame to those guys who have outperformed a lot of expectations, but 
get some difference makers at receiver because the thing that I want to see is can he add, can Daniel Jones add a downfield element to his game? Because despite all the success that he's had this year, still only averages 6.6 yards per attempt. It's 26 in the league. He's tied for last among starters with only 20 deep passing attempts this season. And only one of the 35 passes that he threw against Minnesota traveled more than 20 yards through the air. So as good as that game was, you know, his EPA per dropback was 0.39. That's compared to a season-long rate of 0.08. It's around four times as, as many expected points added per dropback. He's still not testing defenses downfield. And I think if you watch him, he misses opportunities. It's not just about the guys who he's throwing to. I think sometimes he takes the check down too easily and doesn't always see the entire field. So if you do a short-term deal, I think he's earned that. And I don't know, you know, save for some moonshots like Lamar being desperate to get out of Baltimore or something like that. You're probably not going to have a better option for next year. And I doubt the Giants would go in that direction too, for what it's worth. I I just don't see the Giants and Lamar Jackson as a fed. I'd be stunned. I think the Jets, I I think you could sell me far more on the Jets with their sense of desperation going in that direction. I think the Giants, to be honest, Nora, they're a franchise. They like they haven't had much it's, of it the last 10 years, but they like continuity. They don't like, they don't like upsetting the apple cart. They're not one of these big, big wheeling, big shifting, big move type of teams. They like drafting guys. They like seeing guys grow and they like their guys. That's normally how they roll. Lowercase C conservative franchise. Totally with yes. you there. I think that's right. That said, the the league is trending more towards taking big swings, right? Absolutely. And you've got the right coach. You've got some budding, young, franchise cornerstone players that, that you've gotten through the draft in recent years. Don't close yourself off to the ability to, to take a big swing in the right moment because we are seeing, and you know we can see the, the downsides to that approach with a team like the Rams this year. We're still seeing that win Super Bowls. And hey, listen, even for a, and a, you take the Super Bowl. Nora, amen to that. For... I speak on behalf of the Jeff fans, where a majority of them who are listening did not see Super Bowl three. They are craving <laughs> one. Someone like me, who did not see the 72 Dolphins and the 73 Dolphins, I'm all for the big swings when need be. Here, here's a big swing for the Giants next year. And I have no idea if this is possible. DeAndre Hopkins in a Giant uniform. Now that's Ooh. a big swing I like. So I love that. I love that. I totally love that. Because, you know, uh, I'm making all these arguments about, you know, keeping keeping as a franchise an eye open to the possibility of doing something splashy and being able to to go all in. And we love to talk about teams going all in in the modern NFL, right? We talk about it all the time. And it's more and more, as per the Rams point, it's more and more common. The current counterpoint to that strategy in the league is the Bills. The Bills are the good team. If you look at the... The Chiefs are sort of a unicorn just because of Mahomes. But the Chiefs in some ways do this too. But the Bills are the team that is in a Super Bowl window that is still, relatively speaking, careful about their resource allocation. 
And where did this entire Giants brain trust come from? Buffalo. And they followed a similar pattern to what the Bills did when they got Allen in there. They actually didn't think he was going to start in that in start right away. And we're trying to use that first year to just clear dead cap money, just clear the salary cap. The Giants were doing that this year. They just happened to turn into a good... Think about this, Lord. James Bradbury is playing against the Giants in the divisional round this year. The Giants never in a million years thought they'd be playing in this game this Saturday. Zero shot. Never in a million years. But hopefully, and I believe that this is true because I believe the people running that team are smart, they're not going to let that success push them off the path, right? And the path was, let's make our cap health, let's fix our cap health in this one year, take some some short-term pain, right? I'm sure the Giants would love it if James Bradbury was on their side and not on Philadelphia's side in this game, but that was the type of thing that they needed to do to put themselves in a financially healthy situation as a franchise. Now, going forward, all of a sudden, they're in great shape. And when that happened in Buffalo, what did they do? They went and got digs. So it seems reasonable that if if the big swing is not a quarterback, which I agree with you, I think at this point it looks like Daniel Jones is probably going to stick around there. A Hopkins. Receivers are, are always plentiful through the draft, but use that money or use a high pick or use both on a difference-making receiver and see if that can change Jones's results in, in the one area where I do still really struggle to say, okay, yeah, this could he could really be the, the long-term guy, which is just the downfield passing. But do that. See if the improvements in how he's able to use his athleticism, use his legs. See if the improvements in the turnover rate stuff. See if all that holds. And then see if he can develop a little bit in pushing the ball downfield if he's got better receiver talent around him. If you're somewhere in the low 30, 30 million a year allocation to get the answers to those questions and to at least, you know, to have this type of year as your your baseline, I don't hate it. I'm okay with that. And Nora, he can throw the deep ball. I know this year the numbers are not great. His first year, he was slinging it down the field. So, like, I do believe that's there. I, I think it's a matter of getting it out of him. And I think, to your point, you get him a couple of playmakers that can stretch the field. I mean, it can make all the difference in the world. I mean, think about, now, not every guy's Tyreek Hill. I understand that. Tyreek Hill is a cyborg. He's a top three receiver in the sport. All right, Dolphins fan. I mean, uh, no, I'll tell you this. <laughs> Tyreek Hill wouldn't have had 40 yards of receiving against that giant defense on, on, on Sunday. I, I still cannot believe Justin Jefferson only had 40 yards of receiving. And I love a JJ. I mean, obviously, I'm partial to very much any JJ <laughs> on the planet. Maybe not J.J. Redick, but that's a story for a different day. Um, but you get a guy like that, it changes things for a quarterback. That's a Diggs with Allen, Hill with Tua. That's what I want to see for Jones next season. It would be fascinating, especially given the good coaching infrastructure and, and quarterback coaching infrastructure that they have there to see if he could get back to that a little bit. Because it, you're right to point out that he would pull the trigger on a, on a deep ball a little bit more earlier in his career. And I wonder if there's there's some trepidation left over from you go through those difficult years 
you have so much turnover and in, in who's coaching. And then you get to this year and there's a lot of pressure to just have a, a good, stable offense. You're worried about the offensive line, especially more so uh, at the early parts of the season. And maybe he just got in his head a little bit about just just move the chains, just short gains and fell into that a little bit too much. So I, I can see an off season if, if it's something that they add an impact player, they add a, a deep threat and Dable really attacks that as a coach and, and talks to him and they work on that and go, here's how you're going to kind of adopt a mindset of, okay, we want to run a good efficient offense, but we want to push it a little bit more too. I would be super curious because this is the question we always ask with, with quarterbacks, right? Is like, what's nature? What's nurture? How much does situation matter? And how much can we just look at these guys and go, nope, this is how good this player is on his own, independent of all those other factors. And I think that would be a really, that would be a, a very fascinating test case for, to see that happen with Daniel Jones, uh, especially with this, this coaching staff. And I think they'll do it. I, 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 I maybe have a tablespoon more worry about if this is something that they really, really should do. But I'm with you that I'm pretty sure it's what they will do. Like, I, I, I think this is the path for the Giants. I think Daniel Jones is going to kill be their him starting for it, Nora. Let's, let's be honest. It's tough to kill him for it. I mean, the, the guy's yeah. taking the team to the playoffs. They won a playoff game. Like, that's the sort of thing that you want to reward in the NFL, in my opinion. You know, we see way too many teams reward way less than that. Like, quarterback won you a playoff game. Like, give the man his deal. All right, JJ. I, I'm on the island with you. Yes. I'm on the island yes. with you. I, I'm I proud think of you. He's, we weren't going to go over two. We couldn't. We couldn't go over two. I think Daniel Jones is, is QB1 in New York in, in 2023. I, I have all the, you know, be careful, be smart. I would like to see it on... If they could get a two-year deal done with him, home run. Even if it's a little bit more per year. $35 million a year over two years? Great. Cool. Done. Do it. Three-year deal? Fine. Anything longer than that, I would, I would, I would preach a good deal of caution. Just because I, I would like to see a little bit more of the deep passing stuff change. But it's been such an incredible season. And I agree with you. This is the type of stuff that you do want to reward as a franchise. I mean, Saquon's calling him an elite quarterback after the win in Minnesota. It seems like the guys really love him. Seems like he has a really good thing with Dayball. It just seems like there's a lot of good, good energy with the Giants and you want to capitalize on that. And I think getting a deal done with Daniel Jones would be certainly a way to do that. JJ, thanks for coming on. So good to see you as always. Nora, my pleasure. And I mean, listen, Brian Dable, probably reason number one for Daniel Jones' renaissance. But I'm going to take uh, a 1% sliver of credit because his career year happens to come on the year where he debuts on New York, New York. So I, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying good vibes all around. When you when you come wow. on each and everybody's show. Hey, I was teed up on it with TV the other day. So I'm running with it now, Nora. That's all right. Yeah. It's a shameless plug for our show and our podcast, yeah. you know? And I think you, you're going to go, uh, we're taping this. It's Tuesday afternoon. I believe when you're done here with us, you're 
going to go chat with the man of the hour with Daniel Jones himself getting ready for, for New York, New York this week. Is that right? That is correct. I will be doing it from the conference room at SNY where they film Succession. So I'll try to do my best Logan Roy and uh, <laughs> I'll have the beautiful backdrop and the sun will be setting and everybody will look miserable. But yeah, that uh, that is happening in about an hour. So look forward to that. That's incredible stuff. And everybody can go check that out. I'm sure it'll be great. JJ, thank you so much for joining us on The Island. This has been The Island on the Ringer NFL show feed. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week. But for now, Shield Kapadia will be up next on the feed tomorrow going in-depth on NFL news on the scramble. Thank you to Stefan Anderson for production on this episode and to Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramgopal for additional production supervision. 